So as we talk about understanding your spouse, I, I think you guys know this, but, but, but let's go ahead and repeat it. No two people are exactly the same, okay? Everyone is different, okay? And if we're not careful, what can happen in relationships is that you begin to think that the way you approach life is right and the way your significant other approaches life is wrong, okay? And what can easily happen is it kind of leads to fixing one another, which then ultimately leads to conflict, Okay? And so when you have differences in relationship, they can either strengthen or sour that relationship, okay? Those differences, they can become either your greatest asset or they can become kind of your deepest annoyance, okay? And so when it comes to differences in relationship, they can be physical, okay? Like for us, Mandy's brown hair and blue eyes. I've got brown eyes. Um, Mandy's super tan. I'm pasty. Like there are physical differences. Obviously, body parts for guys and girls, like those are different, so... Yeah. yeah. So if you're if you get married and your husband is staring at you all the time, he's just admiring the differences. That's what I always think. Like, go. Oh, yes. That's what it is. Thirteen years in, still admiring mm-hmm. differences. Um, differences can also be emotional. Um, while we're both deep feelers, I think that Lance could be um, described more. Um, he's steady, and my emotional status can be high and low, but somewhat predictable. Yeah. Uh, I think with that, like, yeah, you can, you could be sitting there in marriage and be like, why does she cry all the time? You know? And then on the other side of that, it's like, why doesn't he have a heart? Yeah. Doesn't he care? Right. Uh Uh, differences can be just in your experiences. Okay. So Mandy grew up probably, what was that? Junior high on? High school on? Ended up at private school. So she went to, she went to private school. I was in a public school and uh, for her, she's the youngest of three. I'm the oldest of two. Um, and so there's, there's differences even there. For me, I grew up playing sports, which now has kind of led to this love of watching sports and taking in anything sports I can, coaching. Um, and so uh, for Mandy, she enjoys watching people at, at sporting, sporting events. events. <laughs> and so that, that's just a difference that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, I still remember like the first time we were at a football game. We, we had season tickets to Oklahoma State uh, the first year of our marriage. Thank hey. you, Bill. Yes. Go Pokes. Um, so we had season tickets and like we had watched all these games together. We go to this one game finally and it's pouring down rain. So you got, you know, rain hood on, you know, like, and just sitting there in the rain watching this game. And all of a sudden she just starts asking me all these questions Which about Which I football. would say it's impressive that I was sitting there in the rain. Yes? Yes. Thank you. Thanks. There Appreciate we go. That's good. And, and so we're sitting there and she's asking all these questions and I'm like, what in the world? Like there's a part of me that's like, this is awesome. Like you're, and then I'm like, why is she just now asking these questions? <laughs> and so I look over to her and I'm like, babe, what? Tell me what's going on? And, and she goes, I can't see the people. Like it says, like, cause like everyone's in hoods. And so like, she couldn't watch people. So I was like, I guess I'll watch the game. So Yeah. Um, you can be, you can have differences in your strengths, the things that you, um, are your strengths or your giftedness. Um, I think that I am a visionary a little bit more than Lance is and a little, a little bit more of an optimist. And I like to call him a detailed analyzer. Yeah. Which he says is just calling him a pessimist. It's a nice way of saying that. I think. Yeah. Uh, Some of it's personality, right? Where your differences can show up. So Mandy is super extrovert. So her kind of personality is more, let's invite some other people. And I'm kind of like, hey, can we just avoid people? Okay. And so there's differences there. Um, Ways that you express love and receive love. You can be different in those ways. Um, Also preferences regarding like how you want to spend your free time. Vacations. Um, Some people are kind of go and see people and for vacations and other people want to do just sit and be on vacation. So those, those are some differences. Um, 
even food preferences, things that you choose to eat can be really different. Yeah. My food library has grown immensely uh, since being married to Mandy over 13 years. We're getting Lance to eat his vegetables finally in his 30s. That's right. Um, (laughs) And he's made me a little bit more adventurous on things. He got me to even jump off a cliff in Mexico, which was a big deal for me. Lots of screams. Yes, lots of screaming. For sure. Um, There's even preferences regarding cleanliness, all right? So some of you are are kind of those people that are everything has a place type people, and some of you are everything all over the place kind of people, okay? So here's here's a picture, just kind of point out what we're talking about. (laughs) Not good? Yeah. Wait for it. Wait for it. (laughs) Got to read it all. And while this is funny, this is obviously a generalization. This doesn't mean that all men are clean and tidy and all women are messy. Um, But differences, if not addressed, if all these things, even though some of them are funny now, once you're married, if they're not addressed, it can just lead to tension in your relationship. And so our hope for tonight is that we can talk about some of this stuff so that those are just little bumps in the road and not big hiccups. Um, We spoke about this a little bit in our expectations talk, but the same differences that can be a strong source of attraction in the beginning of your relationship can actually lead to friction and frustration over time um, if they're not understood and embraced a little bit. So, yeah. And so I think the goal with differences isn't that those differences would push you further apart, um, or drive a wedge between you guys, but the, but the hope is that they'd actually bring you together. Okay. And in, in, in a deeper relationship than, than you had when you, f- you first met each other. And so here are kind of three things about our differences that we think will be helpful as you seek to understand your spouse. Okay. The first one is this, our differences are from God. Our differences are from God. And in Psalm 139, 13 through 16, it says this. It says, for you formed my inward parts. Okay, this is David. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. Okay, and, and David just kind of continues to go on and on about this thing. But it, like, this is the amazingness of God's creation, right? Where he, he talks about this idea of like, you formed my inward parts. Okay, and, and in that, like realizing hey, there's no mistakes in God's creation. Okay, God, God doesn't make junk. Okay, if any of you guys ever grew up, grew up on a can of cuck and you heard Spike White, like, God don't make no junk. Okay, <laughs> he don't. And, uh, and, and so we're each fearfully, wonderfully made. And, and yet I would just tell you, like sometimes it's really hard for me to believe that about myself. Um, and it's, you know, sometimes easy to, to, to really, you know, believe that about others, okay? Uh, and so I know for me growing up, like, here, here's a shot of both of us. I think this is third grade, right? <laughs> and, and growing up for me, like, I, I hated my freckles, okay? Like, hated them. And then for whatever reason, decided that a, a perm in the back was a good idea. <laughs> Although, I think it's back now. Yeah, yeah. So if you play baseball, for sure, it is. Um, but I remember, like, just praying, like, Lord, let these grow together, please. And, and that whole burn, freckle, peel, burn, freckle, peel, burn, freckle. And, and to read a verse, like, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Yes. I hate you, freckles. I love right? those freckles. And she loves them, which I'm like, good. We were meant to be together. Whereas <laughs> Mandy can go outside for maybe 15 minutes and come back in, and I don't even recognize her. <laughs> Like, that's how well she tans, okay? So there, there are just differences there in how God has made, it, made us, and he's made us all unique, each one of us, okay? Jeremiah 1.5 says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. 
okay? And Psalm, as we just read in that passage, it says, your eyes saw my unformed substance, okay? And so there are significant and real differences in each of us, and those were developed in the mind of our Creator, okay? And, and so realizing that in relationship that, hey, his difference, our differences are a part of His plan, mm-hmm. okay? And that everything about us comes from Him. Mm-hmm. And the second thing you need to know about differences is that create, they create a combined entity that is stronger than any one person. We really like Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12. Um, it says, two are better than one because they have good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one... Who is alone, two will withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. And I just love the reminder that two is better than one. Um, differences are necessary to make marriage stronger. And we've seen this to be true in a couple of different areas. For, for our relationship, we've seen it to be true in our decision making. Um, Lance tends to be the brake, and I tend to be the accelerator. And so we need each other so that our decisions in life are better decisions. Um, some, some are freaking out because, like, we're both breaks. We're both we're breaks. Both gas, we need community. Right? Yeah. But, um, but I, I've enjoyed that about him. I've had to grow to enjoy that. Let me say that. It didn't start out that way. I would always think, gosh, you're such a drag. Just come on. Like, let's make this. Let's do this or, you know, whatever. And he would always be like, no, let's think about it. And he's helped me to make a lot of more wise choices because I've stopped, thought about it, prayed about it. And I've helped him to quit sitting around and not make the decision, but to actually pull the trigger and do it. So we've seen it in that way. We've also seen how it's helped in our trials. We've gone through some difficult times in our marriage and in our families and just things that have happened along the way um, in the last few years. And I've seen how when I'm really down, he's able to pull me up and be strong for the two of us and vice versa. Um, the Lord's really gracious in that way of, of there's very few moments when we're both really low and down. And so I've, I've enjoyed that. And then just giving a different perspective, seeing life through a different lens, um, both financially, relationally, spiritually, and um, just being able to see things from a different viewpoint is um, been a really strong point for our, our relationship. Yeah, when we, uh, when we were engaged, our last summer we were at camp, and we, it was probably midway through the summer. We went home to my hometown in Bartlesville to uh, do like a wedding shower type deal. And so we went, got all the wedding shower stuff. There was a part of us that thought, hey, we might end up. And so at this point of the summer, we had no jobs. We were getting married in August, like a few months out. I'm starting to kind of freak out a little bit being the detailed analyzer. And so as we went home, we did the shower, and then all of a sudden we started like going, we probably should look at apartments and a place to live if we think we might end up here. And so we did. We drove by this house. It was for rent. And we were like, oh, it's so great. That's going to be awesome. So we called. The lady's like, hey, so someone's already locked into this. It'll be finalized next week. She's like, but if it falls through, I'll let you know. And we just said, hey, we're only here this weekend. Um, so if we we're going to see it, it would be today. Um, otherwise, I don't think we can do it. And, uh, and so she was like, okay, well, let me just show it to you. Of course, we go over there and look at it, which was probably not the wisest decision. <laughs> he would never do that knowing how he yes. knows, what he knows about me now. Yeah. And so like literally as we're walking through this house, like Mandy has like all our furniture is in there <laughs> and like she knows where stuff is going. And I was like, oh my gosh, like God, you're a crazy woman. Um, and so, but we walk through and, and we kind of tell the lady, all right, well just, you know, I guess let us know. I mean, keep in mind, you know, we're just checking it out. And so we go back to camp that next week. Um, all of a sudden I'm like walking through the middle of camp and Mandy comes running like this. 
She's like, I'm like, what is happening? Like, total like, like giddy. And I was like, what's going on? And she goes, the house is ours. The house is ours. You know, and she's like, yes. And like, so excited. And I just look at her. I just look at her and I go, we got no jobs. You know, like, it was just like one of those moments where like difference wise, like she has moved in, in her mind. And I'm like, we have nothing. Like, what are we thinking? And so, you know, I like we, to consider it that I just had real faith in the Lord. That that's, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. And I grew and was stretched so much at those times. So. It is a great story now. We look back when we do two and two counseling. I'm like, yeah, don't do that. Don't, don't yeah. do that. Be, be wiser than us. Um, in week three, um, I don't remember who did the roles talk for this group, but Davises. the Davises talked to you guys about roles and that's um, a difference that's going to strengthen your marriage as well is, um, is playing into those roles really well. And then ultimately scripture tells us in first Corinthians that God gave us unique gifts for the betterment of the church. So use your differences for the betterment of the church because um, differences are good and we want you guys to start to see them as really helpful and beneficial instead of a hindrance. Good. And then the last thing we think is good about differences is that they're to be understood so that we can best serve and love our spouse. Okay. And First Peter 3, 7 uh, says this. It says, likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they're heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. Um, and so before you kind of get bent out of shape, weaker vessel, what are you talking about? Like, hey, it's not about rank, okay, in this deal, it's about roles. And so I want to give you kind of a picture of that. So it's not about being inferior, um, but kind of more physically weaker. So if you look at these things, both of these are, are kind of drink options, something that you could get a drink out of, right? I think we could all agree if I grabbed a thermos and I threw it across the room, it's probably not going to get beat up near as much as if I took that wine glass and just went, ah, all right, and threw it across the room. And so there are two very unique here. So when we talk, when you hear that word weaker vessel, it isn't like, oh, you're just somehow mentally weaker or anything like that. That This is just how things are made and how God's designed these differences, okay? And so I would just tell you too, when it comes to these differences that you have, it's not always enjoyable, Okay, a lot of these that we share with you today, like we can laugh at them now, right? But in that moment, like that wasn't something that we were like, oh, I delight in your differences. You know, it's like, it takes, some of that takes time, okay? And, and, and the path to being stronger together with our differences, like I said, isn't always easy, mm-hmm. okay? And so sometimes it's tough uh, to walk through those and then to just fully comprehend them in one another. And so in order to live with your spouse in an understanding way, you need to become a student of your spouse, Okay, and so becoming a student starts from the day you first met. Okay, and so for a lot of you guys, like you are just aware and you are alert. You're, you're aware of the things they enjoy. You're aware of things that are going to make them smile. Um, you know their favorite places to eat, their favorite snack, like all these things that you've started learning about each other. But what you need to realize is that is something that needs to continue on throughout your marriage. Okay, that you would continue to learn. And as they change, that you begin to learn some of those differences in the way that they've changed. And then part of that too is letting go of who you think your spouse should be and to really learn who God created them to be. Mm-hmm. Okay, so letting go of who you think they should be and to learn who God created them to be. And since we're talking about being a student of your spouse, some of you might be wondering what that actually means. We have a clip from a well-known show. And while we obviously don't endorse everything on this show, this is a really good clip to kind of show you what we mean about being a good student of your spouse. Okay, I'm confused. You're saying that if she tells me she has a problem, I'm not supposed to help her? Not unless she asks for your help. 
but if she lets me help her, I can make her problem go away. Ah, oh, that is such a male thing to say. Well, forgive me for being a man. Mm. Mango or kiwi? Ooh, kiwi. When you say, you know, do this or do that, all she's hearing is, I'm smarter than you. Believe me, she doesn't think that. Mm. She doesn't want you to solve her problems. She just wants you to give her support so that she can solve her problems herself. Yes, and sometimes, sometimes she just wants a sympathetic ear. Whoa, whoa. Maybe it's all the creams, but that just made sense, girlfriends. So if Claire says, I hate getting stuck in traffic, I shouldn't say maybe you should leave earlier or don't get on the freeway. I should just say, I know, it's so frustrating. Yes, that's really? it. And, and if she says, uh, uh, the waiter I had today was so rude, I shouldn't say, maybe you should just order something on the menu for once. No. I should just say, what a jerk. Yes! And if she says, Phil, the TV's driving me crazy, I should just say, I know, there is not enough quality programming for women. No. Turn off the damn TV. Okay, now I'm confused again. <laughs> my sweater oh my god it's ruined it was an accident i know this would happen you idiot hey hey let's try to get along i wish you was never even bored they were trying to make one with a brain no uh, honey you guys are both oh pretty smart oh uh, <sighs> so sweater huh yeah it is that sweater and i did everything i can to stop them from fighting i don't understand why they can't see how much you love them. I don't know. Meanwhile, Cheryl has been calling me all day because she's angry I didn't show up. Doesn't Cheryl have a housekeeper and a nanny? Why does she need so much help? I know, right? You work so hard. You do so much. I do. Of course you do. I do. I do. Oh, sweetie, thank you. I really appreciate that. <laughs> hey. Yeah. Who's my gal? I am. Darn right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that quote. All the ladies are like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> just like that. So the important thing that we want you to take away from that is just that we never stop changing and therefore you can't ever stop learning about your spouse. Um, it's a lifelong process. So the learning doesn't stop when you say, I do at the altar. It just continues. Um, and we want you to acknowledge that you're different from each other. And so you have to, to press in and really start to learn. And listen, this is the fun part. This is what I really enjoy about being married is that I get to listen and observe and ask good questions and just watch him and try to figure it out. Because there's no more fun feeling than being like, oh, I got that right. You know? Yeah. I get it. I understand. And so there, yeah. there were plenty of times, like still in our relationship, even earlier on, where the, like, I was like, okay, h- help me understand that. Like, wh- what just happened there? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and, and for her to be able to kind of go, all right, here's, here's the mind of a woman. Peel it back. Or gonna, at least the mind of you. me <laughs> right, right now, today. <laughs> That's right. Uh, which is helpful. And so that, that helps quite a bit. Uh, you know, beginning to learn just like what brings them life. What recharges them? And then how do I help them uh, have that time? What will lighten their load? 
okay? And, and so after 13 years, like, my wife is just an all-star with this. Like, there are just times where I come home and, and things that, like, the other day, I, um, yeah, this was just this week. I had made a sign, like, this wooden sign, and it was supposed to go to the neighbor, and I was, like, just never had time to put the little thing on the back to hang it from the wall. And I get home, and it's gone. The sign's gone. And so she had put the thing on there, and then she had given it to the people that it was supposed to go to. And I was like, how awesome is that? Like, that's her becoming a student of me and learning to go, I know that will bless him, like, to just take care of that. Um, And so we're both then trying to help help each other out in that, Mm -hmm. learning what stresses them out. How can you alleviate that stress for them? Um, Gosh, I think even from a sexual standpoint, so as you look back at last week, learning that about one another. What do they enjoy? What feels good? Like, how, how do I help them, you know, just learn them in this area? Okay, that speaks volumes to them. Um, and so if you don't live with your spouse in an understanding way, like what's the negative implications for that? Um, the scripture actually says that your prayers will be hindered. Okay, that your prayers will be hindered. Um, and if left unaddressed, your relationship will become a breeding ground for bitterness. Okay, and, and so that lack of understanding, it leads to relational drift. Okay, and so if you just stop being learners, you stop seeking to understand, you'll watch as you kind of just start to drift this direction, okay? And you, you've got to kind of recommit to going, no, no, no I'm going to be a student uh, of my spouse because if you're not a student, you'll quickly become strangers. And so practically, how do you live, them, how do you live with your spouse in an understanding way? Philippians 2 uh, lays that out there for us, okay, where it, it basically says, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. But in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. It says, let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Okay, and it goes on to explain all of that, you know, how Christ lived this out for us, but we then get to, to live that out with our spouse. And so I, I know this is a verse that's popped up over and over again over the eight weeks. It isn't just from us. It's from different speakers who have said, Philippians 2, Philippians 2. Like, it is a marriage verse that I think shows up in all different areas of your marriage, okay? And you're going to have multiple opportunities to live that out for one another, that dying to self, okay? Dying to your wants, to your desires, to your preferences, and to live for the other. Um, And so living out Philippians 2 and really, you know, becoming that student of your spouse and living with them in an understanding way is you giving of yourself for the good of the other, okay, in all areas and avenues of your relationship. And so the problem with that, what makes that difficult, is that uh, in the words of the great theologian T.O., like, I love me some me, okay? And we all love me some me, right? And, that, and that's a lot of the ways we live our lives. And there are just ways we think things should go. Um, and, and it's hard for us to die to our preferences there. And so it makes it really hard uh, to do that. Um, and so how do we kind of practice being disciplined in that area? We've got kind of three things for y'all here. So the first one is to discover your differences. You can't understand what you don't know or what you're just assuming. So we want you to really dig in and discover what the differences are between the two of you. Um, we, um, Ephesians 5.33 says, however, each one of you um, husbands also must love his wife as he loves himself and the wife must respect her husband. Um, and Emerson, I always butcher his last name, so excuse me, but Egrich. It's great. Maybe. Yeah. Wrote a book called Love and Respect. And um, this is a pretty good resource for you guys um, before you get married. It's really helpful to discovering differences. It is based on really large stereotypes, kind of like we talked about before. But if you can look beyond that, he describes a woman's greatest need as the need to feel loved and a man's greatest need as the need to feel respected. And so in thinking about the woman and her need to feel loved... 
um, he describes her desire for three things. And I, I would agree with this when I read this. So a woman wants to feel loved, so she needs closeness. And for us, what that looks like for me is when he's like rubbing my feet or rubbing my hair or even just going to bed at the same time helps me to feel close to my husband. When, we're, when he's not, I'm going to bed and he's still watching baseball or he goes to bed because I'm up late doing something. Like when we go to bed together, I can feel that closeness and so therefore feel loved. Um, the other um, point below feeling loved is openness, just sharing deeply. And um, Lance and I have always kind of had this analogy of men are kind of like post-it notes and women are like legal pads and um, as far as conversation goes. And, um, and so he knows that for, for me to feel that openness from him, that he needs to lengthen his post-it notes a little bit. I want to hear more from him and I want him to, to kind of hear more from me as well. Um, and then esteem. I feel most loved when he speaks value into me um, and speaks kindly of me, either toward me or maybe says it to the kids about me, things like that. And then it just makes me feel um, esteemed in his eye and in his view. And those three things, closeness, openness, and esteem kind of fuel um, a woman's need to feel loved, or at least this is what Egrich says. He also says that the man's greatest need to feel respected um, has some desires too. He has a desire for conquest um, just that desire to achieve. And so verbally encouraging Lance, verbally encouraging your spouse and making sure that they um, feel like they've conquered something in that day, you know, helps them a lot. Also a desire for relationship, doing things shoulder to shoulder. Um, and I've seen this to be true in our marriage. Lance loves um, doing things together, fun things, whether it's um, we, in the beginning of our marriage, we started this ballpark challenge, and it's really kind of come to a sad halt since we've had children, but we're, we're still aiming for it. Um, but he loves baseball, and so he wants to go to these different ballparks together, and, um, and that really gives him that, relation, that desire for relationship like he likes. Um, and then our first, our first year anniversary trip, we just went camping through six different states in seven days. Um, in the car together, camping together, mountain bike riding together. Whitewater rafting. Whitewater rafting, just all of these things. And that just really spoke relationship to him as well. Um, and then sexually, men have a desire um, sexually. And so a man wants to be known, understood, cared for, and respected in that area as well. And that helps um, that desire, that helps that need to feel respected. Good. Yeah. Another way to discover your differences is to know your love languages. And so we, we talked a little bit about that at the beginning of just ways that your differences show up. And so if you guys, how many of you guys have heard of the five love languages by Gary Chapman? So, okay, some of you guys have picked it up. I remember we read it when we were engaged and to talk through just the differences in how we express love and how we, how we uh, receive love. And so there's words of affirmation, uh, there's acts of service, receiving gifts, quality time, physical touch, all five of those. And so it's great to kind of really think through that and to go like, hey, what does speak love to me? Because all too often what happens is we like to try to show love in the way that we receive love. Okay, and I've watched that happen even in my parents' relationship. My dad, I think, loves to receive gifts, so he shows love by giving gifts. And, uh, and so there's just been a number of times where growing up where I'd watch him give gifts to my mom and that just wasn't her love language. It's kind of like, yeah, okay, great. You know, and he's like, you're so ungrateful. You know, it's like, blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden you see this escalation <laughs> of like, oh my gosh, like what just happened? Well, it was because he was attempting to try to speak his love language 
to her in a way that she goes, that's not how I receive it. And so oftentimes, like I said, we, we tend to give love in the way that we like to receive it. Um, and so it's great if you share the same love languages, but a lot of times that our, our, ours are different, mm-hmm. okay? And, and so we must learn to send love in forms that the other person can comprehend. And so Mandy is quality time girl, and uh, I would say since we have kids, become kind of this minor in acts of service, mm. okay? So the dishwasher now, loading and unloading of that is like, mm boy, love ya, you, you yeah. know? Yeah. Whereas before, it's just kind of like, yeah, it's whatever. But, and I would say Lance has a double major in physical touch. Yeah. <laughs> Years. So true. Yeah. Uh, and, and so I think part of that too, though, is you, you see that change. You see where you have different seasons. So some of you are going, man, I think I'm all five. I'm like, man, that's really great because then you will receive love in all those different five ways. Mm-hmm. But, but you'll see those change from time to time. And so you've got to, again, be committed to being a learner in those areas as well. Um, and so those are two great resources. If you're looking for something to read, like a next step after merge, those are great books to pick up. Mm-hmm. Um, I think also there's, a, there's books called For Men Only and For Women Only by Jeff and Shanti Felton. Those are great books to kind of give you a man perspective, a woman's perspective. Again, you could easily read through that and be like, oh, these are all stereotypes. That's not how I feel. Well, hey, it's great. Explain how you feel, okay? If that's not you, you can now explain you uh, to your significant other. Personality inventories are great. It's like Myers-Briggs, DISCs. Um, those are all listed out in your books. So you guys can check those out in the homework. Um, if you never did the homework from week six on expectations, that will teach you so much about each other mm-hmm. and the different ways that you guys come into a relationship like that. So after discovering your differences, we want you to not reject them, like, ugh, hate that difference, but actually to embrace them. So that's number two, embrace your differences. Um, None of our differences are wrong. That's who God made us to be. We want you to believe the best about your spouse and not assume the worst. Um, Paul Tripp says, when we have issues with our spouse and the way they're made, our issue isn't really with the other person, but with the God that made that person. Um, And so just remember that it can also be really deflating to be married to somebody who doesn't think that you're that great. Um, kind of like when we met each other and we're like, oh, I'm not super impressed. Um, we want you to, to embrace those differences. And um, it might not seem easy. Um, sometimes it is hard to embrace differences, but um, Proverbs 18.2 reminds us to seek um, to understand. It says, a fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. And then Proverbs 19.11 says, good sense makes one slow to anger, and it is to his glory to overlook an offense. And so we want you to seek to understand one another and to overlook um, differences or offenses. And then just sometimes it's okay to agree to disagree. There are a lot of things that because of his personality and his wiring and my personality and my wiring, well, it's not a hill we need to die on. Just I see that differently than you see that. Let's move on. And so there's, there are some areas when you can do that. Um, but also just look for the good in your differences. Sometimes it can seem kind of annoying, but if you look um, really deep, you can find goodness to them. Um, just kind of like, like I said, he was the brake and I'm the accelerator. There really is some good in that. Um, and it can save you some grief in the long run. Um, this last, I can't remember when we went on that camping trip. Do you remember when it was? It's like November. November-ish. Um, it's kind of funny because, so we're trying to take six people camping and we have a suburban, but we want to take bicycles. You can imagine, right? Like the entire back half is like filled to the brim and kids like are sitting under pillows and bags. Stuff everywhere. We had so much stuff, but I, and I knew if I try to squeeze one more thing for Lance to fit in the suburban, he might lose it. Like, I mean, I already could see it in his eyes. He wasn't saying anything. He was being really good about just kind of wedging things. You know, when you're loading and all Tetris of a sudden you're sweating style. and you're like, oh, great. What is, why are we taking this? 
So I no, was it's just I was, me probably that has that problem. But yeah. I had just received some really pretty flowers, and I was like, "Oh, these would look so pretty on the picnic table at the campsite." But I embraced the difference, and I took them, and I just put them on the floorboard next to my purse, and I thought, if I have to take care of it, I'm not asking him to find a place for them. I'm just, <laughs> we have a picture. I was like, I'm just going to try to just carry them myself, and then it won't be a big deal. He literally took a picture and said, this is a merge illustration. <laughs> So we brought I'm like, you the, the picture. Car, the whole back of the car is packed out. All of a sudden, I look at the front floorboard. And I'm like, flowers, of course. Yes, we need these. It's important. It's important. Embrace it. Love it. Yeah. Our campsite was really pretty, though, huh, babe? It really was. Mm-hmm. It, it made a big difference. Yeah. yeah. Um, non-joking aside, um, you guys are still on the pre-married side of marriage. And so here's the deal. I say this in all seriousness. You can still walk away. You can look at your differences tonight and go, you know what? That's a lot of differences. And I'm not sure that that's what's best for us. And you can walk away. Um, the really hard part comes when the vows have been said. Then it's done. You are committed to one another. And those differences are something you have decided you are going to embrace for a lifetime. So um, so just think about that tonight. Have some table talk about it. Just... Um, Take that seriously. There's a lot of differences that you can embrace. There are some things like spiritual differences. That is not something you should embrace. You should walk away from that. You want to be equally yoked. You want to be on the same page because you can't walk in the same direction when you've got two different goals in mind. Um, Somebody that wants kids and doesn't want kids, that's not going to work, people. You got to walk away from that. Um, Your definition of marriage, if it looks, if if you have a different definition for what marriage is, then you've got a problem and you're not going to be able to stay committed to one another. So there's some serious differences that you need to really be on the same page about. And then there's some things that you go, okay, we are really different in this arena, but I am willing to stay committed to those differences. For the rest of the time. We have, we have great friends who are just so different. Super right? different. And so they, there's areas where they just have to work harder on their relationship. Yeah. And, and so part of your time over dating and engagement is to go, man, do I, do I want to work that hard? Do I, do I want those things? And then part of it, too, is just realizing, like, you're going to have differences with anybody. Everybody. That you step into a relationship with, right? Like, you're not going to be the complete identical person, and probably that would annoy you even more than being different from mm-hmm. the other person. And so once you've discovered and embraced them, the last step is to celebrate your differences, okay? And so celebrate the fact that these differences are making you more like Christ and ultimately a pre- preparing you for eternity, okay? And, and that's probably some of the greatest parts of our differences is just seeing how Mandy has helped me to become uh, more kind and more gentle with our kids. Um, the ways that, you know, she's helped me to just understand my daughter's heart and, and how to pursue her and to love her well. Like there are just differences that we have that I just go, gosh, I'm so thankful for that and vice versa in our lives. And so um, just remember like our differences don't surprise God. Okay, they're part of the journey he has for us, and he's up to something way bigger than us. And so we need to begin to see and to celebrate the differences as an opportunity for growth and begin to be thankful for them. Okay, and sometimes that's hard in the moment, but to be able to go back later and to look at that and to go like, hey, I need you to know this. Like, I did not respond well to those differences in this moment, but I'm so thankful for it. Like, that, that really is helping me to become more like Christ. And so in marriage, we've got to rely on the other person to strength, the other person's strengths to help us to become more like Jesus, okay? And so questions for you guys tonight as you're kicking this around is, does your potential spouse, future spouse, help you become more like Christ? 
For some of you, you go, man, that may not even be a goal of yours as you sit in here. Like, we hope that it will be because what we've seen over time is that all relational problems are first spiritual problems. Mm-hmm. And when you get that relationship right with God and with the Lord, all of our other relationships seem to fall into place. And when we are off kilter when it comes to our relationship with the Lord, like, we are off with each other. Um, and so, guys, there's a unique opportunity before you. Okay, guys, Ephesians 5 is clear for you. You are to lead. Okay, ladies, if he's not leading you well physically, if he's not honoring you, why would you expect him to lead you well after the vows? Okay, after you're married. So you need to kick that around. Ladies, he he needs to honor you, to cherish, to nourish you. Okay, you are more than just an object or some source of pleasure for him. Okay, and so if he's not leading you well, if you know you're not leading her well, right, confess that. Ask forgiveness and you come near to your leaders and have them walk with you through it. Guys, for you, okay, marry someone who's going to help you become more like Christ, right? And so the questions for you that you need to be asking, man, is she encouraging you? Is she infirming you in your giftedness or just beating you down? Okay, is it just a whip every time you guys are around each other? Is she engaging in sin with you or, or is she a suitable helper? Someone who really helps you make up for what is lacking in you with her strength, Okay, like that's what you're looking for. Does she sharpen you, okay, to help you become a better man? And, uh, and so just begin to ask. If you haven't already started asking those questions, ask those questions. Talk about those things together, okay? And so to summarize and then to get you on to table time, our differences are from God, okay? So we learned that early on. They're from God. They can lead to a greater good, okay, or they can lead to great disappointment. Okay, and so we need to seek to understand them, to be students of our significant other so that we can discover we can embrace, and then we can celebrate, okay? You don't want to just live your whole life dealing with the differences, okay? You want to be able to jump into a place where you go, okay, I see these differences. They're from God. They're good, like, and how do we begin to get to a place where we can celebrate those? And so um, at your tables now, you'll have some questions that are going to come up on the screen, but just how are you doing at discovering those differences and, and, and what's your significant other doing to help you to become more like Christ, Okay, and then um, I think too, just realizing, hey, for some of you, you haven't had the opportunity to recognize a lot of those differences. Okay, but as you begin to live in more close proximity with another person, that's when you're going to really start to begin to see those differences. Okay, but it's a commitment that you're going. I need to be ready to make that now uh, to to uh, embrace those differences. So take some time at the tables, and then I'll come and uh, wrap us up a little bit later. So thanks, guys.